0: hearts into your hands we pray that you open the eyes of our understanding that we may know and understand what you are saying to us we also pray that you empower us to be able to live out what we have had that will be transformed by them to you all the glory Lord in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Good morning, church. Um, we'll be speaking on the topic today Disciples of Jesus Christ from Matthew twenty-eight, sixteen to 20. You know, I remember when I first became a Christian and uh, I was so. He got to know much about the Christian faith. And I kept going to my pastor every time, asking him all kinds of questions. I would read my Bible. I would go to him. up to the point that anytime he sees me coming, we going going throughout that way. <laughs> and at the other of the day, he gave me a book to read. I'm becoming Like Jesus, Pathway to Discipleship. And that book really changed my life and changed my perspective. And I, I did not have to be running after him after going through the book. And um, which makes the topic of discipleship to be very important. I can see that from the text that was read today, that at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, we can see the Lord giving his last instructions To his disciples, uh, when he was about to leave this world, to go and sit at the right hand of the Father. And he commanded them to go and make disciples of all nations, and the word all nations can also be translated all peoples, all ethnic groups. And they should do that by baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and by teaching them to obey everything that he has already commanded them. And um, if you look at ourselves, consider that the, that God says to you right now, yeah, you are living this world in the next one hour or two hours. I need to pass across a message to your children or to people around you. What will you say to them? Obviously, we want to say to them the most important thing to us. And I believe for Jesus to leave this last instruction was very important to him. But it was very important to continue the ministry that he he has already started on heart. And so we look closely at um, these instructions, try to deconstruct them, and look at the implications of them. For us. And the first phrase we look at in it, in verse 19, is Go and make disciples of all nations. That's um, the first part of verse 19. And before we go further, we need to understand who a disciple is. What is the meaning of that word, disciple? So, who is a disciple? So, the English word disciple is translated from the Greek word matetis, which means a learner or student. Then if we look at the Oxford Dictionary, it defines a disciple as a person who believes in and follows the teaching of a religious or political leader. So to bring that home to us. So therefore, a disciple of Jesus Christ is a learner, A student who believes and follows the teaching of Jesus Christ our Lord as written for us in the scriptures. So that's a disciple, a student, a learner of Jesus Christ, to learn from him. So disciples of Jesus Christ are the people who value Christ above everything in life, even above themselves. So Christ is, because we are learning from him, Christ is the ultimate, and for us to be disciples, we have to value him above everything. Luke 14, 26-27, from the Good News Translation, Jesus said to them, in that time passage, those who come to me cannot be my disciples unless... They love me more than they love father, mother, wife, and children, brothers and sisters, and themselves as well. Those who do not carry their own cross and come after me cannot be my disciples. So, to be a disciple of Jesus means you have to love him above every relationship are dear to you, even above yourself also. And to carry a cross and follow Him means to be dead to the world. And for the world to be dead to us. We don't care about what the world says about us. About pleasing the world. We are dead to that. We are only alive to Jesus. And that's what Paul meant when he said in Galatians 6 verse 14 says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Because through the cross of Jesus Christ, we have been crucified to the world and the world has been crucified to us. And that's the only boast that we have. So disciples of Jesus Christ are those who have given up and are ready to give up everything, for the sake of Jesus Christ, whenever he places that demand on them. Same look for 14, when just continuing in verse 33, it says, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. So devotion to Jesus will always come first in the life of disciples. Christ will not occupy the second place but the first place in their lives. So it's not about what I want. It's not about what the world wants. It's about what Jesus wants. And the next instruction, go and make disciples of all nations, said baptizing them. And why the word baptizing them is important, I believe is because the journey of discipleship In Christ, start from repentance of sins and putting faith in Jesus Christ for our salvation. So, it must come from repentance and faith. That's the message of the gospel. Then, the person submits himself to baptism. Because baptism is an ordinance given to us by Christ that openly illustrates that our sinful self have been buried with Christ. And we have been raised into new life of daily following Jesus Christ, which Romans six one to three, two to three, really captures for us. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into His death; we were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So going to the water symbolizes death, and coming out of the water symbolizes our resurrection, and death to the past, to the world, resurrected and alive to Christ, that may live a new life. It starts from us, give that devotion, that surrender to Christ. And the next phrase is teaching them. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them. That's the first part of um, verse 20. So Jesus commanded the apostles to make disciples by teaching people. Of course, if you have students, how do you we live with students. We teach students. So since disciples are students, they need to be taught. And the apostles were so committed to this that when they went around, they were not just making people, they are just giving decisions for Christ. They were actually winning disciples for Christ. In Act fourteen twenty one, the first part of it says they preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. They were winning disciples for Christ, students, followers, people that were learning from Christ, that want to be like Jesus. And it would be interesting to know that the he would look at scriptures very well. The early believers used the name disciples for themselves more. I remember when I became present among the circle of my friends that um, were listening to a particular teacher that wrote that book, of Discipleship, We used the word disciples for ourselves more because it gave us a sense of learning from Christ. And we could see that in the scriptures also. I try to do word search from KJV Bible. I search for the word disciple and for the word Christian. And the word disciple came 259 times, and the word Christian came three times. And if you look at those three times, two of them disciples were called that name by the world in Antioch. The next time, when Felix a Felix told um, Paul, you almost made me to become a Christian, and the third time it was um, Peter telling the church that if you suffer in the end of the world as a Christian, but when they called themselves, they called themselves disciples, because it gave them the consciousness that they are students of Christ, they have to keep learning. From him to become like him, and if you also look at it clearly, it was actually disciples that were called Christians. When the world looked at the way that they have been learning from Christ and following the teachings of Christ, they put that tag "Christians" on them. So, the word Christians should not be word just throw around anyhow to people, because it belongs to those people who are actually following Christ. So we read Acts eleven twenty-five to twenty-six. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church, and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So they were people that were taught, and they have been, been living that life. And we're called Christians because they saw the way they live, And I believe strongly that we need to use that word disciples for ourselves more and more. When I write um, Bible study materials with my friends, I mostly use the word disciples to um, when I'm referring to Christians because it gives us an awareness of who we are. And it is a two-way relationship. As students that need to be taught, the student themselves must develop a conscious and deep hunger for learning the Scriptures, the Word of God. So if disciples need to be taught, disciples themselves need hunger for learning. And that's why Paul gave us that commandment or instruction in First Peter 2 verse 2, reading from the New American Standard Bible, like newborn babies, long for the pure meek of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. We need to long for the pure meek of the word of God. We need to desire it. We need to be thirsty and hungry for it like newborn babies. I think Jessica can testify to that. <laughs> A disciple, out of hunger to learn and understand, we always ask questions to seek understanding. As you can see with the church disciples of Jesus, most of the teachings that uh, we have from Jesus today some of them came from as a response to the questions that they were asking, and we need help at times to gain understanding of the scriptures. We need people to teach us, like um, that uh, man said in Act Eight, thirty to thirty-one, when then Philip ran up to the chariot, and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come and sit with him. We need help from people that have better understanding from us to teach us because there are some things that we may not know until someone explains it to them, to us. Of course, we also consult a lot of materials, like um, concordance and commentaries to give us better understanding in that regard. And the next instruction is not only teaching them to have knowledge on their head, but teaching them to do something. That is, to obey everything I've commanded you. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So a disciple is not only learning to acquire knowledge of the Scriptures, but to obey everything Jesus has commanded. Obey everything without selective obedience. Not that, okay, I obey this, but Jesus said, we slap you on the right cheek, turn the left. No, I cannot obey that. No, we don't select what we obey. We obey everything as a follower of Christ. Because it is hypocrisy and self-deception to be listening to the word of God and fail to obey them. It is those who obey the teachings of Christ that will be blessed, not just those who are listening. James one twenty two to twenty five. Do not many listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately Forget what it looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, that's the scriptures, and continues in it, not forgetting what they have had, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. So it's about doing the Word of God, not just listening to the Word of God. That would be a self deception. I should not be like people described in the book of Ezekiel Would love to listen to the word of God from preachers but afraid to put them to practice because you read the um, book of Ezekiel 33, you see some people that speaks well about the preacher, about his message always want to listen and God told Ezekiel don't mind them they only come to listen to you because you're Preaching has become like a good music to their ears, but they don't do what you say to them. Ezekiel 3:31 to 32. My people come to you as they usually do and sit before you to hear your words, but they do not put them into practice. Their mouths speak of love, but their hearts are greedy for unjust gain. Indeed, to them, you are nothing more than one who sings love songs with beautiful song, voice and plays an instrument well, for they hear your words but did not put them into practice. We should not fall into this category. So not just to be eager to learn, to study, to listen, but we must obey everything that Christ has commanded. So, do you practice the message, the messages you hear from this church, and that you read from the scriptures, Sunday in, Sunday out, Bible studies? We read our Bibles. At times, we listen to podcasts and um, read Christian books. Do you just read them for knowledge's sake, or do we put them into practice? Our Lord says. It is wisdom to listen to his teachings and obey them. Why it is foolishness to listen and not obey? Such foolish person will not be able to stand in the time of testing. Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, and put them into practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. Why? Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. Who built his house on sand? The rain came down and the stream rose and the winds blew and beat against our house and it fell with a great crash. So we need to be wise because there will be times of testing that will come and test Who we are. And by that time, it's what we have been building into our lives that will come out in that situation. And one example that I will never forget is with a man in my country. I just became a Christian some months after I became a Christian, and I was very eager to learn everything. And I was, well, what I saw was whenever i 'm reading the scriptures i don 't see people around me practicing them. I look as if these words cannot be practiced. So one day I followed my dad to meet his friend That is his friend it 's um, one of the mature Christian have ever made to my life. His life is always an inspiration to me. And he was trying to disciple my father. He was a member of Full Gospel Businessmen Fellowship. So we went to him, and um, they were having discussion. So he told my dad about a man in his fellowship, in Full Gospel Businessmen Fellowship. So they had a mission field, somewhere, and this man wanted to buy a bus for them, a vehicle to take them for evangelism. So he gave money in Australian currency, around 20,000 Australian dollars, to a brother to go and buy that bus and give it to the mission field, and the brother went away with the money. And he told my dad that this is what just happened. And my dad was very hungry. And he told him, you need to get him arrested and take him to court. And the man laughed. And he said, I can't do that because the scripture forbids me to do that. The scripture forbids me to take another brother to court. And a servant of God must not quarrel. I heard it from his mouth for the first time, which has become one of my motto in life: that a servant of God must not quarrel, and that he's not going to do that. When he said that word, it dawned on me that now I found someone who is ready to follow the Scriptures, and it became an encouragement to me. And on on our way home, I remember my Dad speaking to me that that's a reality check for him that he doesn't think that he, whoever behaved like that that on the advantage of him just he will behave in such way. But it left a mark on him also after then. Some months after we went to his house during Christmas, and this man was telling us again that that brother have repented and have returned the money and he was so happy that he followed the word of God because he tested everything about him and his reaction became a testimony within the fellowship even me that did not belong to that fellowship he left a mark on me even my dad it gave me a reality check for him also But if he has not been building his life on the word of God, everything will collapse for him on the day of testing. And many times we face many testing in life. What we have been doing before then will determine whether we will stand or everything will collapse. And the next phrase is like a promise. In verse 20, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So the Lord promised to be with us as we devote ourselves to discipleship, to learning from him. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, we cannot have the hunger for the word of God. We also need the Lord to open our understanding, to understand the scriptures. So we can't do these things by our own strength. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. Luke twenty four forty five. talking about Jesus. that he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. We need our minds to be opened for us to understand the word of God. And it comes through the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to teach us the Word of God and also to bring them to our remembrance when we need to put them to practice. Because it is the Holy Spirit that helps us by teaching all the scriptures and when we face situations in life, I believe a lot of of us have this experience. When all those scriptures scriptures rush back to your mind immediately, when you want to take an action that restrains us from doing what is wrong and give us guidance to do what is right. But if there's nothing in our heart, in our mind, for the Holy Spirit to pull out, to restrain us or guide us in that situation, we'll misbehave. John 14, 26, Jesus speaking here. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit will teach us all things and will remind us. And many times I face different situations like that. That when I'm in a situation I need to act, I want to do something out of flesh, and the Holy Spirit just brings a lot of scriptures to my mind at that moment to restrain me from doing what is wrong, or I want to do something that is right. And those will bring a lot of scriptures to my mind to guide me on what to do. Because it's the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit that enabled us to be obedient to the teachings of Jesus Christ our Lord. It is not by our own might or by our own strength. First Peter 1.2 Talking about what God has done for us here. Who has been chosen, talking about us, who has been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ. Is truly the sanctifying work of the Spirit that enables us to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkle with His blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. The Lord promised to make His own with us and be with us always as we devote ourselves to learning and obeying His teaching. That's what He said, And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. And He mentioned the same thing in John fourteen, twenty three to 24 Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and will come to them, and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words, the he are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. So why is this so important? We know that Jesus commanded them. What, why is so important? Why is it necessary that we become disciples? What are the things that are going through the mind of Jesus? So what is the necessity of discipleship? Or what are the necessities of discipleship? So I captured three things there. Number one is that it's a calling. It is our calling in Christ. The call that we have received in Christ is to come and learn from Him. The way we saw the Lord calling out in Matthew 11 28 to 29, He says, Come to me. All you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul so he has called us to come and learn from him because his character that is gentle and humble in art, they will find rest for our soul as also see in our text today from matthew 28 that that was the last commandment of jesus in the book of matthew to the 11 to go and make disciples of all nations, so it's a calling, it's a command. Because i have been called to follow the footsteps of Jesus Christ, because it's our example, we have been called to follow Jesus, to learn from him and follow his footsteps in all things. First Peter 2.21, to this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that I may follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they heard ins- their insult at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And we have been called to follow in his steps. That is our calling. And Jesus Christ also said that one thing that is necessary for us that we should choose deliberately is to sit down at his feet to listen to him. We tend to be distracted by many things in life. Even by serving. Serving can also be a distraction while neglecting this need footing. And what is needful thing? Learning from the word of God. We can see that in the story, we can see it in the story of Mary and Martha in Luke 10, 38 to 42. I'm reading from ESV. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him to her house and she had a sister called mary who sat at the lost feet and listened to his teaching but Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said lord do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Matter, matter, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which would not be taken away from her. And the good part that Mary has chosen here is to sit down at the Lord's feet. To listen to his teachings and the Lord said that choice would not be taken away from her. So discipleship is our calling and we must remain faithful to it. And the second reason why discipleship is a necessity is it's a path to a Christian maturity. Maturity. So, maturity in Christ is not how long we have been coming to church, or how many years we claim to be Christians, or even in level, or how many scriptures we know in our head. It is measured by how far we have conformed to Jesus Christ in our thoughts, in our words, and our actions, and the depth of understanding of the way of the Lord. And discipleship is a way to achieve maturity because the goal of training disciples is that they may be like their teachers. And here, Christ is the teacher we are talking about in this situation. So, if you look at um, Luke 6.40 from ESV translation, said says, a disciple is not above his teacher. But everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. And like I said, the teacher I've been called to be like is not just a teacher that are teaching us, but Jesus Christ is a teacher that just used a lot of means to pass across his message to us. Matthew 23, verse 10, New KJV, says, Do not be called teachers, but one is your teacher, the Christ. So Christ is our teacher and you have been called to be like him. And a disciple, when he's fully trained, will be like his teacher. I also know that it's through the devotion to the word of God that I've been built up in our faith. Act 20:32. Now i commit committed to God. So Paul was talking to the Ephesian church. That now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up. I give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So it's through the word of God that we have been built up in our faith. And of course, Christ is our teacher, but Christ is also teaching us through the people he has placed over us and around us to teach us the scriptures. The goal of the people teaching the scriptures in the church is to help disciples to conform to Christ more and more. That should be the goal. In Ephesians 4, to 13 Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until... And I love the way this is structured. The first says, okay, this is their job. What is the job of the teachers in the church? Is to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And they must continue doing this until we reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the old measure of the fullness of Christ. Christ is our goal and that is the measure of our maturity. To what level have we conformed to Christ in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions, and also as community of disciples we also speak truth of christ to one another in love with the goal of helping one another to grow and become more and more like christ so even among ourselves we speak the word of god to ourselves we disciple ourselves so that we can grow and become more and more like Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4, 15 Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him. Who is the head? That is Christ. And that's speaking about all of us. And there's a consequence, and there are consequences of not being matured, of not growing, of not following discipleship. Because the consequence that will not be different from the people of this world, in our world, thoughts and actions, I will become a misrepresentation of Christ to the world. And I've seen this over and over again, and all of us must be very careful the way we represent Christ, especially outside there. And even inside, there will be the source of divisions and quarrels in the church. Because instead of ministering Christ, they will be manifesting the sinful flesh. I will see that in the church in Corinth, First Corinthians 33, 3. I read from the Living Bible. For you are still only baby Christians, controlled by your own desires, not God's. When you are jealous of one another and divide up into quarreling groups, doesn't that prove you are still babies wanting your own way? In fact, you are acting like people who don't belong to the Lord at all. And that's the consequence of not growing, not following the path of discipleship. And as we grow, we must grow both in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We must strive to know him better. We must grow in our knowledge also. 2 Peter 3.18 But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Savior Jesus Christ to him be the glory both now and forever amen because if we don't grow in the knowledge of Christ we'll be easily manipulated you know I back home in Nigeria if we don't have a good knowledge of the scriptures and you are listening, you are opening your TV, you listen to a lot of preachers, you will be easily manipulated. Because there are so much heresies out there. And of course, same thing as own society over here. But what keeps us strong is growing grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That what helps us from being manipulated, Ephesians 4, 14, Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. When we are committed to learning from the Lord, the world themselves, like they did in Antioch, will call us Christians they would know that there's something different about us. And like the elders of Israel, when they saw the disciples, they just gave this testimony about them, that they have been with the Lord, in Acts 4, 13. When they saw the courage, that's Acts 4, 13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men they were astonished and they took note that this men had been with Jesus. When men see us what would they take note about us? And the third point, really the last point, is that is of service because there's no way to train people to be effective in service other than the way of discipleship. Because the Lord Jesus said, those who will serve him must first follow him so that they may be where he is. They may be on the same page with him. Be with him on every situation. John 12:26. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. If we will be effective workmen that will faithfully handle the truth of the scriptures and not be ashamed, we must devote ourselves to the study of the word of God. Second Timothy 2.15 I read from the Amplified Classic. Study and be eager to do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, tested by trial. A workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analysing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. But to get these results, we must study and be eager to do and do our utmost to present ourselves to God-approved. And it's for every area of service, for example, for those who minister through music, the scripture has commanded them to be filled with the teachings of Christ, because they are teaching through singing, and need to be faithful to the word of God. Colossians 3.16, the Living Bible. Remember what Christ taught, and let His words enrich your lives and make you wise. Teach them to each other, and sing them out in psalms and hymns as spiritual songs, singing to the Lord with thankful hearts. The Word of God is the foundation of people who sing. I remember David, when he wanted to have um, three worship leaders, he put three prophets to lead the worship, Asaph, Jedetom, and Iman, because it's a ministry of teaching the word of God in music. So, no matter the area of service, because to say I'm not teaching and I'm not singing. But no matter the area of your service, no matter what we do, the Lord has made it clear that it's through the scriptures that is preparing us for every good work, not some, every good work. Second Timothy three, sixteen to seventeen, all scriptures is God's bread. and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So no matter the area of our service, it's through the scriptures that be equipped. And others, um, like I said with maturity, if we are not matured, it has a consequence. Same thing with service. If we don't build disciples or we don't submit ourselves to discipleship, We also have some consequences for the church. Because lack of discipleship robs the church of scripturally sound servants of God. We have a duty to keep passing down the truth of the gospel It has been passed down to us through many generations, as Paul instructed Timothy, when he was about to leave this world. In 2 Timothy 2.2, he said, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people you will also be qualified to teach others. So in conclusion, we should always remember that I have been called to discipleship to learn from Christ through every avenue that he has ordained for us. We must be hungry for the Word of God and be diligently seeking it because it is part of maturity in Christ and effective service. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for bringing us into your family. We thank you for calling us to come and learn from you and to be like you. We thank you for giving us your scriptures. I forgive you your spirit to be with us. Thank you because you have promised to be with us always to the end of the age. We call on you that you help us and give us the hunger for your word. And give us the will to do your word, to mature, to become like Jesus Christ. And we also pray that you make us be effective in Christian service. To you be all the glory. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.